<laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, what's going on, everybody? This is the Forrest Stevens Show. Today we have Evan Mumford as a guest. Um, I saw you a couple times now at just like a local comedy sp- spot. You're doing your show, like a right. little performance. Um, and yeah, both times absolutely killed, just like crushed. And so I wanted to have you on and we just kind of yeah, get to know it. each other. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. Yeah. Is this my camera? Is this my kind of... If you want to talk to the camera, yeah. Shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, or we can just yeah Are we breaking the fourth wall. Well, I just did for the intro, you but d- yeah. <laughs> I don't know the rules of the RV, man. Like, it's, mm. this is a very special place, dude. Anything goes in the RV, man. Apparently, anything goes. <laughs> I'm gonna just open the vent a bit. Anyway, man. So uh, yeah, so you're a local comedian here in Victoria. What kind of got you into comedy to begin with? Comedy. Um, I mean, comedy is, like, intuitive, just like music. Yeah. I think, like, being a fan of comedy is kind of separate than being obsessed with comedy. Mm-hmm. So growing up, being a fan of comedy, just being a child in the 90s growing up with Jim Carrey movies, Adam yeah. Sandler movies, I think that's separate from my relationship with comedy, comedy, stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. So, But that's obviously where it all started. Um, Were you a fan of, like, watching stand-up comedy from a young age? Not from a young age. Okay. Uh, I got obsessed with stand-up. I have this thing with my brain where I I pick things, and I really like to learn everything about. Yeah. Right now, it's rap battles. Okay. So you're Um, watching King of the Dot, all that stuff. Sure, yeah. King of the (laughs) Dot, Ultimate Rap League, Mm -hmm. only league that matters. Mm -hmm. Not that it matters. Um, But, yeah, so I get get very intense about my... um, Oh, did that go up? There's that lighter here. Dope. Um... Yeah, but my obsession. So at one mm-hmm. point in university, it was it was all stand up all the time. That's mm-hmm. when my obsession really grew. Uh, after checking out local yuck yucks open mics in Halifax, mm-hmm. and there's a movie that came out called Funny People, which is actually a Judd Apatow. Yeah, uh, with Adam Sandler. Yeah. yeah, and that really sparked the interest in stand up. Cool. Outside of just kind of wacky kind of comedy movies, mm-hmm. and obviously like growing up and stuff, you know, being a chubby kid. I, I grew with the defense mechanism of like being a, the funny guy. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, you should do stand up, but I didn't take it seriously at all until I saw funny people. Then I would just write jokes for years in university, and, and, and what, I used to collect records, stand up yep. records, and DVDs, and just I created this palette over like a course of like three or four years. And then I actually started comedy. Yeah. Hmm. So a lot of people like just like jump right in. I'm yeah. like, no, I want to be good. So you actually like fully wrote out. A set that you that you thought was good before you went up. You didn't, and and so oh, you yeah. said three years you were writing stuff, three or four, and you didn't, you never went up once. No, so oh. I would just, you know, go to my job. I worked at a few different jobs during that course of time, record store, um, sort of um, farmers market. I would just have like a notepad. Yeah, and I was like really belligerent about like, like I, I look back and kind of cringe, but you know when you get really into things, you become kind of. Not gatekeeping, but like you really hardlined about stuff. So I was like, you know, pen and pen and paper. Uh-huh. You got to sit down. You got to <laughs> write. You got to put in the work. You got to you got to know the history of comedy. Right. Like truly an accept, uh, obsession. It sounds like it was a true obsession, and I don't think any of that is necessary. Mm, really, <laughs> I think you can just be a funny person and want to mm, tell jokes. Sure. You don't have to know the ins and outs of Richard Pryor's career. I was just really interested in that stuff. Yeah. Because I find comedy. In, in itself, outside of just how great it is and how how it makes us feel, is a very very interesting historical part of the state's uh, history with L.A. and New York and freedom of speech, what Carlin did, all that stuff. 
it's just fascinating to me mm. outside of just i like being funny mm-hmm. but now when i do comedy it's just like i like making people laugh man like it's, it's just so easy there's no philosophy to it but like right. gr- growing up when i was obsessed it was like it, yeah it's different it's different yeah it sounds different it sounds like you were almost yeah like getting into the history of it and just all different aspects of it not exactly. just doing it right like yeah like you said there's there's just being a stand-up, but there's also, like, knowing stand-up and all that. That's right. And yeah. I think I think it is separate. So I'm not as, like, hard-lined anymore. Like, some comics are like, you got to know where you came from, man. It's like, no, you don't. You don't have to no, to make just, people laugh on stage. Just can you please yeah. be funny? Yeah. Uh, it's got to the point where there's so many comics uh, and so, so so much politics with comedy. Mm-hmm. How you get to where you're, where you're at, where you're going. And end of the day, it's like, is this person funny? Mm-hmm. That's right. all I care about. Are they funny? And rarely they're not. Right. <laughs> rarely, so you, are are. You, you're talking about like popular comics now? Is that what you're talking uh, about? Popular or mid-tier probably. Okay. I think the really high up ones got there for a reason. Mm-hmm. A lot of mid-tier stuff. And like I think in any industry, mm-hmm. uh, just even like with music and locally, some people get ahead with talents outside of what should be focused on right like if they're good at social media they can possibly draw something in if they're good at something else yeah which which i understand is part of the whole thing i'm trying to get better social media absolutely or networking outside Mm -hmm. i have i've always had trouble with networking with people but um end of the day it's like can you are you funny like do you make me laugh and sometimes like some of these people don't yeah it's kind of sad to see yeah so what do you think? So how long have you been doing comedy for? I started June. June yeah, here's the obsessive brain. Uh, June fourteenth, two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. So we're looking so at five, five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah, yeah. Five and a half years. How do you think that comedy has changed in the amount of like since you began doing it? Have you seen some changes publicly or within your own sort of comedy uh, sphere? Both. Yes, to both. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, with myself, like I, I used to take it. A whole different route um there's this thing mark maron has this uh phrase which i love you gotta like build your clown which is ultimately okay. throughout the years of doing comedy you build your voice yeah just like uh, making documentaries writing a book you, you get better as you go along mm-hmm. and you create um, an entity yeah so these past five years i've created this entity where like i really really like riffing and crowd work and improv and okay stuff like that but when i first started it was it was joke 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 don't go off script so within myself that has changed dramatically do you that... do you write less now then yeah it's actually a problem like oh I'll, yeah i'll go to um a, 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 an open mic and just do 10 minutes of crowd work yeah which is great it's really fun mm-hmm. and like I, I'm, I'm starting to collect those videos and make my social media that brand as a crowd work guy right because you're not afraid of giving that stuff away as much either well that's it too yeah and the idea behind that is um the crowds love it i love it but i walk away ultimately with nothing mm. like, meaning Hmm. No new jokes or new new material. It doesn't feel as productive. Like I could okay. pe- people be like, "Yo, that was so great." I was like, "That was great," but I didn't film it. Uh, you had a good time. I had a good time, but <laughs> right. now it's gone. Yeah. So, if, but if you're like writing jokes, you're getting to see point A, point mm. B. This is the exact result of my work. Interesting. Well, crowd work's kind of a bit outside of that. So, um, am I writing as much as I should? No. Hmm. As I said, I'll go. I'll go an open mic with no jokes and just riff because um, I like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, New Year, plan to start writing again. And, and it's, for me, my writing style is just nuggets. Oh, yeah. I can't write out bits anymore. It would be, I'd write in my phone, uh, RV joint. <laughs> and I would just take that phrase to the stage and try to work out some resemblance of a story. So you're writing on stage, essentially. Yes. That's yeah. what I've come to learn, is what yeah. I like. 
Cool. Because it's organic to me. Yeah. But I understand why people would struggle with that. So yeah. what what do you think about, is about that? Is it the pressure of that you're trying to really make a joke? That you're trying to like... Yeah, There's man. somebody there? You Like improv, uh, as you know, yeah. uh, comedy is often... Not always, but a, a, a lot of the end result is spontaneity mm-hmm. is what's funny or being uh, surprised or unexpected yeah. or seeing something organically happen in front of you. There's something about that. That's why people are like watch live things, I think. Yes. Yeah, There's like something or, about organically happening. That's right. That's what's yeah. cool about like magic. Like, uh-huh. Even with magic, we know there's a thing, but we're still being shocked and surprised. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so with uh, comedy, what was that... I forget. The, I forget what I was gonna say about. I had this whole thing, mm. but once I said magic, I got like, upset because I hate magicians, <laughs> and my brain's like, just kill all magicians. That my... seems like a comedian. <laughs> like, there's a comedian versus magician thing there. There is. Yeah. There is. So, like, part of my brain's like, be good on this podcast and talk <laughs> articulately about comedy. And my <laughs> other brain's like, like, just yeah, yeah punch a magician. Yeah, just punch magicians. Oh, <laughs> Worst. That's so funny. Do you remember the question? Um. Not at all. No, we no. just smoked uh, <laughs> ketamine. So yeah. <laughs> Can you smoke ketamine? No. I guess I'm you sure you could. Yeah. 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 Everything's got a smoking point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the comedy. I mean, we were talking sort of about how comedy's evolved since mm-hmm. you got into it. But one thing that I was thinking about when we're talking about writing and all that is 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 comedy something that you is that ex- exclusive to you writing or is that like, have you written other sort of things as well? Like, do you think of yourself as a writer mm. as well as a comedian? Cause I, I feel like a lot of comedians might. The, uh, well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, t- you're kind of t- talking about two different domains as well. Hmm. Cause there's comedy writing and then there's comedy performing. Sure. Like, a lot of the great standups just had a great writing team behind them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, they're just performing a, a yeah, set. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a Jim Carrey movie. It's just like, you're using the writer's words to to create the impression. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I am, do I see myself as a writer? Not at all. Okay. I would love to be a writer. One of my goals is to kind of be like a punch up script writer, like a, a okay. punch up scripts. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, like I know a lot of comics. Like Patton Oswalt used to do that for work. You would just get right. like a Disney movie, just add jokes where you see fit, whether yeah. you use them or not. You get paid X amount, rarely credit it. That's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. In, in right in script writing in general, I'm I'm, I'm definitely tipping my, uh, tapping my toes to it. Mm-hmm. If that that's not a phrase, but you understand that, <laughs> what I'm trying to say, trying to get better at that stuff. I have like so many script ideas. Like it's such a, like a one of those guys. You go to my just room, ideas, ideas, just, ideas. Like pieces of paper. Yeah. Uh, the one I'm working on now is uh, is a bike messenger. Oh yeah. Who doesn't know how to ride a bike? So <laughs> it's just it's just physical comedy, <laughs> purely physical. But would um, that be a skit then or something? It would be just like a twenty-minute short film of like a guy falling a lot. <laughs> um, nice. But writing is you have guys like Mitch Hedberg, yeah, who was obviously a writer, writer for sure, and which is so cool, but so far away from where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So my favorite comics are Paul F. Tompkins, uh, Jimmy Pardo, these guys who kind of entertain almost to a certain degree are almost purely improv at this point that's really what i've been interested in the last few years that's that's you say how comedy has changed for me that's mm-hmm. how it's changed i've leaned towards that side of things more than the hard line point a point b mm-hmm. uh set up punchline and another thing uh to answer that f- initial question uh, my brain's kind of bouncing back to it how, how have things changed at large in the last mm-hmm. five years mm-hmm. you have for 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 good or for good or bad, I mean, even in the five years, uh, the, the political correctness stuff is is a, is a point of conversation. Yeah. Um, 
that I, that you, you can have with anyone. It's, it's very interesting what's happened. Uh, even in five years, apparently, I've heard some comics talk about. Um, and obviously, all the idols have fallen. Mm-hmm. Because when I started, Cosby was like a guy. And Louis, right. was, Louis was like the guy. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like shame, sh- shameful names, right? Yeah, for sure. Mm. So, yeah, with the political correctness thing and your style of comedy, it being sort of more improv, there's there's a bit of more of like a reward of, of a joke really landing when right. that happens. But there's also the risk of something not landing or you saying something on stage. Because when you've written something down, you're doing an act. Mm-hmm. As long as you can memorize it, mm-hmm. you're not going to stray from that. That's exactly right, um, and the the risk is part of the reward too. Yeah, just just entering that territory is really fun. Have you personally ever been like affected by sort of doing your improv style yeah. and having some sort of like? I could tell you stories all day. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll bounce into a couple. I wanted to <laughs> okay. talk about uh, something first. Um, sure. Yes, so you say there's a risk. There is a risk. Yeah. Um, so my, my kind of style of comedy is you you get booked for time. So someone's right. like Evan, can you come up and do twenty minutes? And, mm-hmm. Courtney or whatever and so I know I have essentially 20 minutes of jokes Mm -hmm. if I were to do no crowd work so at the very least if I'm getting paid to do 20 minutes of comedy I'm I'm gonna have 20 minutes of jokes yeah because sometimes you can't do crowd work you you, or or improv because there's sure two dudes at the back who are talking to each other uh and there's empty chairs and just like a a owl staring at you there's (laughs) that's gonna happen so much where you can't riff or have fun because it's a miserable experience depends on the room yeah so then then you just have 20 minutes of jokes you do your time and just get out you get out if it's like that yeah exactly so that's i do have jokes and so it's a risk if things aren't going well i can always i usually kind of slip in and out yeah kind of like a like a like a lucid dream like i just go in and out of jokes and improv at a certain point my idea is they don't know what's real what's not that's kind of like a Mm. kind of a lofty way to look at it but uh so they don't know what's like pre-prepped is is that what you mean exactly ultimately that's my goal in a set if Mm -hmm. you see me do like a longer set Mm -hmm. obviously some are Mm pre-written but i want to make it confusing right at a a certain degree um when things have gone wrong, things have gone wrong so many times. Yeah. Uh, You're getting alarm, called there. <laughs> my alarm is going... It's all weird. No, it just... I, it was ringing for so long, I thought it was an alarm. Yeah. <laughs> but I was wondering what that was. I was like, is that me? <laughs> how is it still ringing? You uh, can... I mean, we can just cut if you want. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, this is way too much fun. Oh, okay. That was my mom. Uh, she's stage five cancer. But, uh, well... That uh, that that's nothing. We don't need to worry about that. Okay. <laughs> I was I was gonna talk about the things that have gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> is this table bothering? This table you? gone wrong. Is it bothering you? It, it wasn't until you started playing with Sorry. it. Sorry. Now I'm like, this table is kind of off-putting. This table's horrible. You need a cloth, man. You think so? Yeah, you need table tablecloth. Mm. Thing is, is, we like to take this table down. It it pops in and out. That's oh, why it okay. move. It's moving around. So is because it's a shitty RV table. It'd be it'd be a whole to do with the cloth. It would be a to-do with the cloth. It's just like one extra thing. I don't know, man. I just want to replace the whole thing, like fix it. Get fully. rid of this? Yeah, I want to take this off. I was actually thinking of doing like an epoxy pour yeah. over top. Yeah, Like yeah, totally yeah. take this vinyl shit off and, and do like this is like the statement table, you know? Because everything in here is like black and white. Do like the fucking, this is the feature. That, that, that's <laughs> a really interesting way to look at it. And as a filmmaker, you that, that's where you're, you have a vision, right? I have a bit of a vision. Um, like I'm going to, yeah, I mean, this is sort of a little bit of a set almost for it feels like a set you have like the lights it's a set but we're also living in it but it's also like um for one of my documentaries we're going to be traveling and shit exactly. so it is like we're going to be filming here all the time no but it looks like 
the trailer like Brad Pitt uses in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like it feels right. like a Hollywood trailer. Oh, that's cool. There's like just random weed and <laughs> probably cat food. There's a cat. I hope uh, there's cat food. We have a, a smart feeder under the table. A lot of shit's like hidden everywhere exactly. in here. <laughs> it's so compact. Yeah. It reminds me of like a like a thigh muscle. Like there's just a lot involved in such a small. I don't know why I'm making thigh muscle references. That's interesting. Yeah. So this is the cat right here, Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie. He's gonna check you out for sure. Yeah, what up, Ronnie? <laughs> That's um Eminem's cousin. Oh, is it? I used, Ronnie? I, I, I don't know, huh. I think so. There's a song cleaning out my closet. He mentions yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey cousin Ronnie. <laughs> hey. Anyway, okay. So uh bad times. Bad yeah, times yeah, yeah. improv. Um The worst one was uh Man, it, I you know I, I look back and cringe at a lot of the stuff I've done because mm-hmm. there's such a nuance with crowd work, mm. and, and I'm learning and I see people trying and with crowd work you can easily offend and cross the line, which I have personally had to apologize definitely because you're in really? the moment of yeah. like you're kind of roasting them and and you think they're they're giving then you say something that just just ultimately it might work with the crowd even but you see their face like. And so I've really become more nuanced with really trying not to cross a line Interesting. with, with people because I, I don't like to offend people personally. Sure. And I, and I have in the past when I get really roasty and, and, and I think they're into it. There's been shows where like, yeah, uh, one, one really bad one. And like, I, I don't think I'm the enemy in mm-hmm. this in this situation. Uh, it never happens. Rarely do I do I actually offend people. But that was just an example. This is a perfect. What I'm trying to say is, I was at uh, Darcy's in Langford. Yeah. There's this big comedy show, and there's this table up front, and they're just not interested, and not, which is to expect it. Be expected in a place kind of like a sports. Like it's a great, great place, but it's like kind of sports heavy. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a comedy venue. I think this was the first one too. No one knew okay. what was going on. They were just there to drink and get yeah. fucked up. Totally. And I can't blame them as a person, but it, as a comedy fan or as a, someone who is like in front of a person on stage, like the the you, you should ultimately, as a person, just have some sort of semblance of respect that someone is on stage mm-hmm. beside you. Anyway, there's a table; these people just like yelling and screaming, and you you get you get ultimately people scream, like yell at you, and you as a comedian, you go through all, you go through all of it. This one girl was going, just kept yelling and interrupting me and like being just, just the worst, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I started roasting her. Yeah. And the crowd like loves it. They love it when you roast somebody. Especially a heckler like that Especially too. Especially a heckler. Yeah. So I got like, I get really <laughs> into it. Like cause I'm really good. Like that's like, I think I'm a good roaster. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I just, that's just a thing I'm good at. So this girl, we're going back and forth. And then I said, um, uh, the line I said was like, she looked like Pamela Anderson if hepatitis C won <laughs> and it was fun, whatever. So I got off stage thinking everything was okay. And I'm outside smoking mm-hmm. and her boyfriend comes up and, uh, shoulders me hmm. big dude, big, <laughs> scary man. Just chucks me to the ground. Whoa. <laughs> sort really? of like knocked me off my feet. Like, and, but the, the, I know the security was right there. Yeah. So they cleared it up he, and he wasn't going to fight me, but he was just like, yo, yeah, I, as a man, I have to defend this person <laughs> with blood. Wow. Yeah, that, that's pretty serious. So. Yeah, that was that's one example. That was kind of uh, just to hit that point of crossing mm-hmm. the line. So that was like three years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the the nuance is there now. Yeah, yeah it's uh, I don't know, man. I just have this understanding of like comedy where it's just jokes, like none of it's serious. Yeah. So it's like you may have crossed the line, but it's also just sort of like 
their line. Exactly. It's you have a different line as a comedian. I feel like you, you do, like, but, but as a person, you want to how to be a decent person. But for, sure, but, I guess. But for that, I, you know, I, I I always go back and forth with all this stuff. I get, I get really cynical um, about crowds and like. <laughs> You know, you see, you see the worst, and you see the best in human nature in a crowd, mm-hmm. uh, good, good or bad. But I just try not to make people feel bad in comedy because, like, I, that's why I love comedy growing up. It was like the, the solace, right? Okay. So the idea of offending and making people feel bad just kind of sucks to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get it because the the art of comedy, I understand. Yeah. Is not to make people feel comfortable, and uh, if you if your joke if your joke um, uh, telling is kind of like that sort of punchy i'm going to talk about the banks uh society mm-hmm. you're going to offend certain bad people i just mm-hmm. don't do that kind of comedy so i'm like not in that arena so i don't have to you know defend offensive stuff too much sure i just kind of like talk about myself and like absurd dick jokes stuff yeah like that, which i guess could offend people and every, yeah you, people can be offended by but anything. at that point i'm just like you're, that's too far gone yeah yeah for yeah. sure yeah oh uh, what do you think about um the cliche that like that comedians have a bad childhood and that's why they've like you know come out with uh you know they're on stage talking yeah. about that kind of shit i mean that's the traveling circus effect uh any mm-hmm. entertainer comedy or musician uh, they everyone i met in arts well that's not true uh, the good <laughs> the talented <laughs> ones are usually from a broken childhood or they had some sort of a version in childhood that happened mm-hmm. or something weird happened or what whatever it was it wasn't ideal mm-hmm. but as i say that i i, I think i think the venn diagram's there i think yes you, you're going to get a lot of artists and comedians included to to have come from a fucked up place mm-hmm. obviously not always the case you can just grow up being a genius writer like i think mm-hmm. anthony jeselnik um it's just like a brilliant, brilliant joke writer. Sure. And I think that's, there's no, I don't know if it's childhood, but I know, I know personal comedians around town who grew up very wealthy, everything's great, mm-hmm. and they just do good comedy. That's right. awesome. Right. And so it's not required, but I think I think it leans towards it. And I think with comedy especially, it's more, it's a defense mechanism, mm-hmm. right? If, you, if you're being bullied or it's just your way to get out of awkward situations to be the funny guy, yeah, you'll see more of the, 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 that for sure mm-hmm. yeah and you said uh earlier that that sort of was your defense mechanism a bit yeah a little bit a little bit a little bit i mean yeah being but i also come from like a small small town okay so, so like, everybody sort of knew each other like yeah and i think yeah. everyone's kind of funny oh yeah so i think like being, in small towns yeah i don't know you're just weird you're weird mm. so i think i grew up around what i think are funny people yeah so it's like part of it is just keeping up i mean sure the part of it was like as a kid you getting bullied as a fat kid, mm-hmm. but I was always always able to temper that with being like a funny guy. So mm-hmm. I was never really bullied that much. Right. I guess I used comedy as a as a levity and not so much as a crutch. I guess was it sort of just more of like a mutual exchange of like being able to come back at somebody I think so. or something like that? Yeah, someone's yeah. like called me like fat. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, but your shoes are different. Yeah, like, yeah, whatever. right. You're, you're one leg, you know, whatever it is. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That makes that sense. sense. Yeah. What are some of your goals in comedy? Like, what do you want to? What do you want to accomplish? You think? Oh, so, so many, and I think the number one goal is probably not to be a stand-up comedian. Really? Ultimately. You want to lead it into something else. I do. Like, I love, love performing Mm. so much. Like, I 
I think that's why, like, recently it's just, like, mostly improv and, like, mm. <laughs> just playing with crowds. Uh, I, and, and I know I talked about it kind of loosely and kind of lackadaisically earlier, but I do want to be a screenwriter. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be good at it. That's something I'm, I'm so I am trying to write. I have two scripts right now I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by the end of the year, try to pitch one. Uh, and I'm, one of them is the the bike messenger. Cool. It, I, I want to pitch it just as a really fun uh, comedy. But um, so there's that. Uh, then there's the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge for me. So I, I had one called Must Be Nice. I'm just finalizing it now. Um, I had kind of a mental breakdown, so I didn't finish it. Okay. So there, there's two episodes that are waiting to be released. Yeah. So I'm going to release them and archive it. It's on Spotify, mm-hmm. YouTube right now. Must be nice. I created a city from scratch. Okay, so that's the city one. That's, that's what that one's called. That's okay, I've listened to nice. that. Yeah. Yes, it's a, it's a city. The idea was you go in, you build a utopia from nothing. You mm-hmm. invite a guest, they would bring in clothing, mm-hmm. s- sports, banks. Great. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Banks. So uh, that was my podcast, and I was so happy with what happened there. I actually want to turn that into a TV show in a weird way. Hmm. But that, that one gave me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I, like, I, I couldn't do it at a certain point because it's like, I started it after a bad breakup. Yeah. And it ended. My life just changed so much in the weird time. Anyway, so there's that. Then I want to do a new podcast where I ask Paul Rudd for money. <laughs> it's going to be Paul Rudd, can I have $5? Yeah. Where every week I just ask him for money. And I'll probably start a YouTube channel, have that on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, so that just speaking <laughs> of goals this year is like, th- th- those are a couple. How, wait, I'm curious about this Paul Rudd. Yeah, one. it's insane. Um, how is it going to expand it's beyond insane. that? Well, here's the deal. <laughs> it might just be, yeah, I think I would each. I mean, I don't want to ruin it. Like, I don't want, if you no, haven't, yeah. No, each season would be a new celebrity ultimately. Okay. So it would be, the first one would be, you know, Paul Rudd or can I, the mon- podcast would be maybe, can I, can I have some money? <laughs> Whatever. First season would be Paul Rudd. Yeah. It could be that could be th- seven hundred episodes. <laughs> Who knows when he's going to answer me and send? The idea is he's going to have to send me a check mm-hmm. from Paul Rudd for that podcast to end, mm. and I will I will keep doing that podcast until he sends me a check. Mm-hmm. Then if he does, where do you go from there? Well, you st- you go after a different the next celebrity. one. Yeah, it'd be like Christian Bale sent me five dollars. Yeah, and you would just. Um, during the podcast, you would just uh, ultimately just lose your mind, and I have some cra- pretty crazy ideas because I want to film it. Yeah. So there'd be a lot of like, uh, like uh, physical bits. Okay. Slipping and yeah, that is that's stupid, but yeah, that that's another one of my goals this year. But the end goal is to be uh, yeah, performer of some 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 way. Not necessarily stand up. Not necessarily stand up, and e- even. Yeah, I don't know about acting, but definitely uh, performing in some way. The stand, the stand-up, the pu- the purity of stand-up is something I, I love and respect. I love stand-up comedy so much, mm-hmm. but it's hard, and it's not something I necessarily want to do as a Canadian stand-up comic. Mm. It's it's a it's an interesting way of life. You 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 travel across Canada. Our can our, our country is beautiful, and you get to go to all these cool places mm-hmm. and perform and get paid fairly well, and it's cool. That just doesn't really interest me. Like I've yeah. done a few gigs. I've been flown to Alberta. Okay. Uh, obviously, have gone back east, but yeah. that doesn't really interest me. Like I'll, I'll go to L.A. and New York and be a comic and just perform as a comic, but like yeah. that's not that doesn't happen, you know. So I don't know. I don't know what I want ultimately, but just eventually be on stage or write. I don't know. Cool. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit more about your first time actually going and doing stand-up oh, okay. Be- because it was like 
you wrote for a couple of years. Yeah. And then what was the catalyst to actually get you up on stage for the first time? Very good, very good question. Um, the catalyst, I think there were, there were a few. As I said, uh, well, there's one big one, but one of them was growing up watching, uh, just going to school and watching people at Yak Yaks, the open mic. Yeah. Thinking I was funnier than them. So just arrogance, pure arrogance. That wasn't the catalyst. The catalyst was I was with a girl mm-hmm. who moved out uh, west, UVic, went to UVic. And um, I stayed back in Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. And for that year, I was kind of like working at like an ice cream factory for a second. And just very, I just graduated university. Still obsessed with comedy. But I had a lot of free time. So during that year when she was away, I was alone. I, I that's what it got like dark, darkly obsessed. And I, would, I would just write, write, write all the time, and just dream of it, not really thinking I'd ever do it. Hmm. And then I moved out with her the year after, and the second day I was here, I'm just like I'm doing it. I just Googled the day of. I think I Googled Victoria stand up. Yeah. And that night, luckily, there was an open mic, Ratfish Comedy, and uh, I was able to go up and just do it. It, it, it was so it, like I knew flying to the West Coast. I re- knew I was going to do it. Yeah, I didn't think it happened like that quick. Right. Just this day of, I'm like, just I just need to do it. Yeah, you just had it in your mind. Because at a certain point, you know, they say perfect is the enemy of good. Yeah. So you're creating for five years this ultimate. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a perfectionist, and I it's it's actually a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You just got you got to produce, right? Mm-hmm. So that day, I just I had a stroke of luck, and just like yeah, and I hit the open mic. Yeah. That's cool. So that was a catalyst coming out west, I guess, ultimately. Because also uh, performing is a f- for the first time in front of people that you know, mm-hmm. to me, is like the cringiest thing ever. Right. I could, I could, you don't want your whole family there, oh my all God. your friends. Even yeah. now, five years in, it's yeah. like <laughs> the first couple times. Yeah. Strangers are much easier to perform in front of. So much easier. Exactly. Yeah. 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 What, just one second. Yeah, Can dude. I ask you a couple questions? Yeah, sure. What's uh, what's on the water here? The, the rocks? Are those rocks? <laughs> What is that? <laughs> yeah, these are, you, are you like a crystal person? No, 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 no. These are uh, <laughs> these are actual minerals. Like that's like zinc and calcium and like. Are you serious? Yeah. So you 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 plop them in there and they kind of float around. Yeah, they like hit each other and knock off little bits and then it's what? it's elemental like yeah. minerals. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So we have it in our water jug as well. Like where I lived before, we actually had like a jug and it was mm. like in there properly and shit. That's really neat. But we can't do that, so I was just like, oh, I'll just throw a couple in here. Yeah. So you have it in the Brita filter as well. Yeah, yeah, it's in there. Super neat. Yeah, I mean, it's just to, uh, yeah, I mean, because actually this filter I have, it's not a Brita, it's a zero filter. So it okay. actually gets rid of like everything in there and you're right. not supposed to actually drink water like that. You're <laughs> supposed to actually have like minerals because otherwise right. it will strip minerals out of your body as you sweat, as you have to, oh, okay. you know, okay. go to the bathroom and all that. Sure, yeah. And so you're just re-putting those minerals into your body. Right. Yeah. That, so you that, can do that through like salts and shit too, but that makes this, sense. this helps. That's, re- that's really neat. Yeah, that's very very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. do you um are you like um is there f- are you uh, vegan or ve- no? Okay, I was just thinking with you put iron in there or something. I don't know what you're doing, but yeah, no, th- I don't think there there might be iron in that actually. I think there is because some of these rocks are tinged a little bit like rusty. Um, that's so cool. No, I used to be vegan, but uh, I and then I was vegetarian. And then yeah. I would like only eat meat that I killed myself. Okay, and yeah. then I was like. And then my girlfriend actually was has been vegetarian for like ever, and then right. she had a uh, um, a stomach ulcer from okay. like a, a parasite when we were traveling. Yeah. So she took a huge dose of antibiotics, 
has no gut flora, so she right. couldn't eat anything. So right. I had to start like cooking her meat because exactly. she couldn't digest lentils and stuff. Yeah, that's a thing. And then she was so squeamish of being vegetarian for 10 years that she would like eat one piece of meat and be like, no, I can't do it anymore. Okay. And so I would just be like, I'm not wasting that. And I would just eat it. So yeah, now, I mean, that's yeah. self-sufficiency. That makes a lot of sense. That's it's, always been more important to me than a, a diet, a restricted of diet. Course. You and, know? and the, the reason I ask that is just because, you know, it's kind of like you, when you say comedy and, um, offensiveness offensiveness like i'm I'm in an rv with like spices and like yeah. rocks like so the vegan th- like a candle mm. made of bees or beeswax <laughs> yeah bees? Bees. made of crushed bees made of crushed bees like there's a vegan element to uh-huh. this rv <laughs> you know there's a there's a vegan atmosphere right i'm seeing okay. any loose meats i'm seeing rice <laughs> and, and, fl- and flour and you know you respect cats you're treating your cat very well no drying hanging meat like you don't have like <laughs> salmon drying in here i picture like rock like, every rv should be like the rock you see yeah <laughs> no it's very cool very cool yeah thanks man yeah we just kind of set it up for how we want to live in it like this was all the stuff we had in our basement suite before we were in here and i think it's a beautiful yeah. way to live like i'm not even like romanticizing it uh-huh. uh, there's um in nova scotia there's a story the hermit of golly lake oh yeah I drive, that's a script I should write. This guy, he he uh, was conscripted by the U.S. Army d- during World War II. Mm-hmm. He's a draft dodger, and he ended up in Nova Scotia in this completely remote part of uh, Nova Scotia. And he he lived as a hermit for sixty years mm-hmm. in a shed. He like built his own guitars and yeah, just obviously killed his own meats. Mm-hmm. I guess you kill the animal, it comes becomes meat. But, <laughs> uh. So like I I've always romanticized like the Walden aspect of just yeah. living and getting away from everything. But then like then I'm like also like drinking like Mountain Dew and playing video games. So it's like just pick, living the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. Pick a lane. Like, oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's my goal with this. Is I mean this was just a stepping stone. Like right. I w- I want to be able to buy land and then park this on it. That perfect. And then just start building out. Like and for now like not paying rent. I mean I'm sure this thing guzzles a certain amount of gas but dude it's a four cylinder yeah it, it's i've spent um 70 bucks on gas for the past week that, that's okay forget it's about okay it. forget about yeah. it that's fine i yeah. mean rent is i pay seven thousand dollars for a toilet you know, <laughs> yeah <laughs> no for real yeah it's yeah. brutal here yeah um where are you at now like what do you what's sort of your what are you doing you said you're not doing road gigs and you don't you're not really interested in that kind of stuff i definitely am interested in like doing that as i said i just love performing just, sure but, but ultimately that being the end goal yeah yeah <laughs> i think that's the end goal for a lot of comics is just to have a comfortable a career living, with that yeah traveling canada for now yeah absolutely like uh, i was lucky enough to be flown out to fort mcmurray it's like i would never mm. go there otherwise and being doing gigs gigs up island i do a lot mm-hmm. love it because it's a beautiful province mm-hmm. like doing that's what comedy has led me to do some really interesting gigs like i would never be in Euclid at the legion mm-hmm. doing a show for 400 people from you cluelet then going to an after party yeah with uh <laughs> some various characters <laughs> and and various um drugs yeah that uh you didn't think existed and you would <laughs> see in these small little places like they're just very interesting that's why i love i, I love travel aspect but i i just don't see that myself ending up there yeah, if that makes sense. I just, I, I don't know. I have like ADD. Like I, I just like performing and being funny for now. Mm-hmm. Just trying to work on goals, but yeah, hmm. I don't know. It seems like yeah, we've been talking about a bunch of stuff. It seems like you sort of have some contradictions in the way that you like live, which I find interesting. Like you're you're trying to find a balance between like two sort of things that you're interested in in some ways. Right. 
Um, yeah, that, that, I mean, absolutely, that's yeah. true. Uh, there's definitely a bit of a crossroads thing happening, which I think, which I think has been making me very creative lately. Cool. Like, I do want to start that YouTube channel with yeah. the Paul Rudd thing. Yeah. Archive the Must Be Nice podcast. Start posting more clips of myself on YouTube or Instagram. Mm-hmm. I find just even, like... You've seen me at the Mint, I think. On, I did, yeah. So the Mint's a great a show to go to. Wednesday nights on Douglas Street there. Yeah, you were making fun of the saw blade. That's what I remember. The what? The saw blade on the wall. Oh, okay. Or maybe not. I probably was. <laughs> Somebody was making fun of the saw blade. I definitely on the made wall. fun of that saw blade. It's very off putting. It's so weird. Not aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> no. Kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. I've literally been like, hey, I know the manager or uh-huh. one of them. I was like, hey, that, just get rid of it. Yeah. Just, you don't need Why it. Why is it there? It's, it's frightening. <laughs> I think that building used to be um, a, a meat thing. Was it? I think so, yeah. It is a good, it is kind of cool. Like it's a scenic when it's lit just in that corner. I'm good, actually. Yeah. Um, brick walls behind you Beautiful. like it's it's pretty sweet i love it like i think yeah. of the classic comedy shows like yeah um, comedy it's like a little cellar. cellar yeah yeah comedy cellar yeah exactly you go down i love the vibe of it um mm. but what what was i going to say before that uh uh i forget crossroads creative mm-hmm. um instagram i'm trying to get better social media so like posting like video clips of myself doing crowd work on my instagram mm-hmm. uh, that's ultimately where, where i want to start taking it and use that platform more with youtube Mm -hmm. because like for so for five years i just essentially been building my clown Mm -hmm. i found what i think is my voice Mm -hmm. now i just need to get better at sharing it and and getting out of the city right yeah not that i want to move out of victoria victoria is like i think it's beautiful man like like, growing up in nova scotia victoria is something there's something very special about it i I hated it i hated victoria for the first like two years Mm -hmm. i always dreamt of like going back home immediately get out of here hmm but lately, there's something very interesting about not Victoria, Vancouver Island. I would probably say, yeah, um, something weird about it. I don't know. I become like a hippie. I don't. Know, like hmm. My brain, whole brain's changed. How long have you been out here for now? Oh, five, five, or since uh, since yeah, June 14th. June 14th. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know that, yeah, but um, so I'd love to live in Victoria. But ultimately, like, how do you have a career in comedy here? Well, sell that script about a bike messenger. We'll talk then, right? Like, I don't know. I just I'm trying my best. Yeah. It's not really doable from the, just the I, shows I, around here and stuff. Things, you know, man, things are so different. Find yeah. me, like YouTube, I could have a YouTube channel and, oh, yeah. and have a career like a uh, Bo Burnham. You know, it's like there's mm-hmm. so many different ways to go about it mm-hmm. um, that I think anything's possible. And you just got to work hard. I'm, I'm trying to work hard. Do you enjoy social media? I think so. Yeah. You? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Instagram is really aesthetically pleasing to me. Facebook, okay. no. Yeah. Um, I do. I used to see it as like a, a corruption of society, mm. but I think it's not really that. I think it, as, as far as entertainers mm-hmm. go, it's a, it's great. Mm. It's great, but I, I'm just not good at it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get better. Are you are you good at it? Do you like it? I'm. I don't think I'm really good at Instagram or anything like no. that. I I don't like Instagram. No. Um. I don't like Facebook. I like YouTube. You I've do like always YouTube. always liked YouTube. Like I've been uploading to YouTube since it was first a thing. Two thousand six. Six. Yeah. yeah. That's when I started uploading, and uh, it was just like stupid skits with my friends. Right. And I was like thirteen or whatever. But yeah, I made like a check from YouTube when I was thirteen. For that, that's unbelievable. Like a hundred and thirty bucks, and I was like. This is, and it was like from Google, and I was like, "Fuck, this is that, sweet." That is the coolest thing. <laughs> it was really cool. That's the coolest thing. So, yeah, that that that's inspiring me. Yeah. to get my channel up, I'll get Paul Rudd on your podcast. Maybe. <laughs> that'd, that'd be nice. That'd be yeah. nice. That'd be okay. But that 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 is inspiring. You're 13 years old. You get a check. You know, it's mm-hmm. like doing your first paid 
comedy gig. I got paid totally. to perform. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, just side note, uh, have you been affected by like I know the YouTube app, the ad mm-hmm. controversy kind of has that changed? Is that well, there's a lot of things going on on YouTube right now. Like there was the Adpocalypse, and there yeah. was like the Adpocalypse 2.0. So th- there's a lot of things going on, and then now YouTube is um, was sued for targeting children with advertisements. Right. So now you have to declare if your video is for kids. I, I do see that when I've been uploading my podcast. It has that. Mm-hmm. Is this for kids? Is it not? Yeah, and yeah. if it is, then there's no advertisements on it. So you don't get any money. So which, there's Which a lot of the big YouTubers, that's how they became ultimately millionaires, is that, right? Is making Fred. pretty much kids' yeah. content. Yeah, yeah, like all the big YouTubers now, it's like adult-themed content targeted towards kids. Right. And they, and they say that it's not for kids, like, even like, though like, it is. It's like, really oh, fucked up. That's really interesting then you have people like define like the kids react and yeah all that stuff oh and there's yeah and there's more tight laws now on if you're if you have kids in your videos yeah. as well yeah um yeah there's a lot of interesting things i haven't really been affected by it at all like th- this will go on my second channel which is just like whatever i want right right and it's much smaller than my main channel which is my documentary which stuff. is your main documentary uh full kind of full features are like kind of more focused on yeah what i do projects. with that is is i do weekly alternative living documentaries oh, okay so i'll find someone who's living in a van a tiny house something like that okay and then f- do a full like 20 minute doc just on them and their experience Th- that's that, that little vignette if you will yeah uh, that that's amazing and I, I should have went on youtube before but as mm. i said i have uh add so i was probably uh, typing your name in when <laughs> it came up like wiggly worms and yeah. like, oh wiggly worms <laughs> what are those uh that that's really cool so uh, another another thing i've been reading about with youtube is content so there was mm. um there's a there's a war channel that was demonetized because the algorithm picked up that it was talking about Nazis and swastikas. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it got demonetized because it was reading as a hate speech or something. Right, sure. But it was just, a, it was a, it was a, I think it was called, it was a channel that talked about World War Two. It was a historical it, channel of some kind? Yeah. 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 So I found that, like, that's scary. Well, it's all just, uh, so much of YouTube is just algorithms. Algorithms. Yeah. So they're just like, they're just grabbing stuff and then they're like, because they have to have these things in place because if they don't they like these giant organizations like in the euro in europe Mm -hmm. especially like the un will just like be like okay youtube's not allowed right if they don't have like really strict things Mm -hmm. and then so they have to be strict and then dial it back so then they have a human go in and actually look at it and be like okay this is a history channel so there's been a ton of people that have been fully demonetized Mm -hmm. have all sort of video copyright all this when it's been fair use all different sort of issues like that and it's all based on the algorithm right but the algorithm's getting better and better and it's built off because it's through machine learning it's mm-hmm. built from people using it and interacting with it, right. with videos on there right what are they you know what does a comment say about what the actual content of the video mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. if it's more hate speech then this is a hate speech most more likely a hate speech video yeah. if it's talking about you know, this was interesting, blah, 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 history, a lot of history keywords in there, all that kind of stuff, then they might be able to figure that out. I mean, that in itself is nuanced, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if it was Vice or or someone did um, kind of a mini documentary on the people who review... Uh, manually videos uploaded to Facebook or oh, YouTube. Oh, yeah. I began watching that and didn't finish it. But, yeah, I know pre- the video. It's pretty terrifying. Like, the, just the They have to watch, was... like, all sorts of horrible stuff. Yeah, yeah. just death and yeah. porn and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, that... I understand why YouTube is taking the ultra-strict rule to yeah. j- just to kind of cut that nonsense out, but... 
yeah, it's it's very interesting platform, and you've been involved for fourteen years. It's mm-hmm. I'm just I just want to get on now. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've been a YouTube fan, and um, do you upload to Vimeo as well for documentaries? No, because that's not interactive. That just allows you to have a higher resolution. Well, they no. What it, what Vimeo is is it's a paid thing. So mm-hmm. you, as a creator, you pay. Right. And then you have a certain amount of bandwidth. Mm-hmm. So you can, there's different tiers or whatever. But anyway, um, then there's no ads. There's no ads on the entire site. Right. So people use it for more like show reels. And it also allows you to have a, um, a pay-per-view sort of video as well. Right. That so if you sense. wanted to try to sell your video, mm-hmm. you could do it through Vimeo. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the no advertising makes it so that if you send something from Vimeo to a client, mm-hmm. they're not going to get bombarded by like ads from YouTube and pre-rolls and all this. And it's just more professional. That makes sense. Now that you say that, when, I, yeah. when I'm on Vimeo, usually it's someone's like short film. It tends uh, to be trying to be professional stuff, show yeah, reels, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I don't do that because I just, I love YouTube. Like yeah. I, I think YouTube is kind of the way like you know it's it's the way videos are going to be made and and Mm -hmm. put on there like nobody's going to theaters anymore Mm -hmm. like it's all the money's going towards netflix and then it's like netflix has to pay so much for content to be created that it's like youtube has to just pay you a percentage of the ad rates and and have the structure you know the the database to be able to hold it and they have fruit like way cheaper content and people are spending tons of time on there well and and i grew up um we didn't even touch on this stuff but i grew up in a punk band i was in a hardcore band for many years yeah and diy Mm. do it yourself we record ourselves Mm -hmm. You mm-hmm. know, see what comedy is like. Do it yourself, mm-hmm. and the whole that the YouTube of just like anyone, anyone it could be that ninety-year-old woman who started playing guitar with her parrot. Mm-hmm. Just like anyone can do it and become something. That's very interesting. Yeah, my friend, uh, shout out Ryan Lee, he bought YouTube Premium for me. Oh yeah, he's like he's like he's like you're on you're I was I was talking about YouTube. I was on it. Yeah, very interesting YouTube, and he's like just, he bought that for me. And like even premium is kind of a cool because it gets rid of the ads. No ads, yeah. And you get the the YouTube, which I think is going to be a big thing coming up. The YouTube originals. Originals. There's some neat things on there mm-hmm. that I've seen. Um, well, they had really good success with Cobra Kai. Okay. The show yeah. there, yeah. like that, actually like won some awards and did well. Right. There's some really cool documentaries on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. YouTube is uh, cool. I get it. I get why you would use it. Well, there's, it's, it's just one of the platforms for people like us. Like there's, there's so much opportunity now. And like, even you touched on YouTube originals, Mm -hmm. there's like every, like I saw Lyft was making a show. Okay. Like what the fuck? Like Lyft? But okay. Anyway, but what it means is that there's, it's, it's like a seller's market out there Mm -hmm. right now. Like Mm -hmm. people need content because they're all trying to compete with Netflix and youtube and all this like video is such a money maker yeah it's 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 true capitalism inside of an app like you you do see uh the high quality of the videos are getting Mm -hmm. the better the competition is getting Mm -hmm. i I do find the algorithms interesting as well um the more you watch the more it kind of learns about you and Mm -hmm. it's the kind of spotify would yeah music days and then you get the recommended videos pop up Mm -hmm. and like the more you're on youtube (laughs) <laughs> the more they figure you out totally so it becomes it becomes such a problem because now i go on youtube my recommended videos are all like bangers like i want to <laughs> watch all of them yeah yeah here's a dude playing accordion to a rat that screams at him <laughs> or whatever it is and they just know what i'm into sure like they i'm really into like uh well obviously rap battles mm-hmm. or met most most of my videos but there's like these uh 
white guys mm-hmm. who go to like who live in Japan or Korea mm-hmm. and they look like dumb white guys and they start speaking English. Oh, and yeah. They start speaking the native language and you see like elderly people like oh my the God. reaction to it. The reaction, yeah. you're so good at you know Mandarin or whatever. <laughs> I think <laughs> YouTube has caught on to my <laughs> habits. Yeah. So I go on YouTube now. Just 17 videos of this white guy in Korea. Like hey. Yeah. So. YouTube, if you're listening, I want more like videos of people working out and like gyms and push ups and stuff like that. So YouTube can fix that. Shit, you don't actually want to watch, but you just want it to be there. Nah, I'm a guy who works out a lot. So, like, that's the kind of (laughs) information I want. Um, Yeah, so like that's kind of funny. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I love it, I guess. It's probably a bad thing for us, but whatever. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? We're in an RV. Come on. There's yeah. minerals in your water. We're doing okay. We're doing all right. We're doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, man. Yeah, this is uh, this has been an awesome podcast. It's cool. been great having you on. Um, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Your social media. You said you have some upcoming stuff when I we do. talked. You were you were saying that you I had do. something I do. It's not... Uh, nothing's finalized yet. I, I have a website. Okay. com. Bought and... Working on the website now. That's ultimately just going to host all my projects. Mm-hmm. Um, the must be nice podcast is a big one because that has like there's a legend to it like I've built maps for it and stuff so that's going to be a part of so the there's going to be some visuals really visuals yeah. uh, you, you can find the podcast now on mm-hmm. Spotify and YouTube uh, mostly Spotify but uh, that's going to be on there uh, video clips I've been collecting clips of my stand up I'm going to post it uh, music music I've made cool but, but for now by the time this is out probably just like Instagram Evan Mumford it's M-U-M-P-H-O-R-D because I it was clever at the time cool uh yeah i just do ig like facebook and twitter it's like they're kind of dead to me like i yeah. don't i go on them but i don't really interact yeah but but instagram i'm on a lot and i do have a show i should promote uh tricto trivia oh tricto trivia yeah tricto trivia it's every is it lucky uh, every two weeks at darcy's downtown, darcy's, darcy's which is a great great spot for it. it's kind of a joke comedians trivia night oh cool where we write the question and you write the answer mm-hmm so it's kind of like uh, Cards Against Humanity. Mm. The, the question could be any, anything about like Christmas. Like, what was the worst Christmas gift you've ever gotten? Would be, you know. Yeah. And, and the crowd writes the answers. Yeah. We mark them with, if we think they're really funny, two points, whatever. Mm-hmm. We read them out. There's two rounds. So it's like, if you want to, if you think you're funny, you want to have fun. Yeah. It's just a really great night. Uh, Trick Trivia at Darcy's. We're doing it this this Wednesday, but yeah, it's every two weeks. So we're on Instagram as well. Every two weeks on Wednesdays. Yeah. Okay. So Trick Trivia is on Instagram as well, which I would definitely promote. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just around. I'm in Victoria, you know, just a guy. Yeah. And you do some of the uh, the spots. Like I've seen you at the Mint a couple of times. You still yeah. go there. Do you yeah. do some open, like, yeah. there's a couple of different spots for there random stuff in Victoria. If there's people <laughs> want to see you. There's random stuff. Again, following follow Pierogi bar or something too? Yeah, it's a pierogi bar. So if you follow me on Instagram, I post a lot of my shows. Like not okay. open mics, but like the book ones. Oh, sure. There's uh, Lucky mm-hmm. uh, on Yates. Has a great show that I host. Uh, Whistle Boy Brewery. Mm-hmm. I'll be headlining that show later this month. Nice. I think. Depending on when this is released. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, uh, open mics are very interesting in general. And open mics in Victoria, there are two rooms right now. Mm-hmm. There is the pierogi place, Salt, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is on Yates. And there's Logan's Pub, which is right there mm-hmm. uh, on Cook Street at Tuesdays. So Monday, mm-hmm. Tuesdays are the open mic nights. I try to get out, but it's it's tough. Like I, I do work for the government during the during the day, mm-hmm. uh, and as I said, like sometimes yeah, you just go out and it sucks. So that that kind of sucks, but that's part of the work. I like to go to Logan's because it's right beside my house. Yeah, it's easy. 
easy. Yeah. You know, drink drink a couple of hay y'alls, see what happens and <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Sounds like a good night. Yeah. Cool man. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Force. This is my pleasure. And uh just before we leave, I just want to thank my Patreons this month. The Francis brothers, Jamie and Dan, Stephanie Bird, Renee Emond, and Andrea Erdina. However you pronounce that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. Um, thanks so much. Thank you so much, Forrest. <laughs> yeah, dude. My pleasure.